1: Let's talk about pot, shall we? I'm about as dazed and confused as if I've rolled one already. But (laughs) I haven't, Mike. Don't worry. Um, But yes, pot is legal-ish. And now the Liberals can brag that they they got one whole promise fulfilled. How it works? Well, details. Details. But the legalization date is now October 17th. My birthday. Whomever is baking my cake... Take note. Uh, But yeah, as soon as the uh, Senate signed off on Bill C-45, Trudeau tweeted out, quote, It's been too easy for our kids to get marijuana and criminals to reap the profits. Today we change that. Our plan to legalize and regulate marijuana just passed the Senate. He said it with a few more pauses. But anyway, you get the drift. But let's be clear. Legal pot won't make any kids safe anywhere in this country. And it's also not going to stop them from getting it. And it's going to do absolutely zero to stop the black market. In fact, I think it will embolden it just the way we saw with tobacco. And I don't think I'm the only one thinking of that. Let's bring in J.J. McCullough. He is a uh, writer, columnist. You can read him all over the National Post, Washington Post, and a darn good cartoonist. And he writes about this issue. Hello there.
0: Hello. Great to be back with you.
1: Yeah, finally. Nice to have you back on. Um, you know, I'm not against criminalization of pot. I don't get too excited about pot. Um, I don't like the way that this is rolling out because I, I think we have um, I think we're in for some some turbulent times. Where are you on this? Well, you know,
0: the question that I always come back to is, are these laws actually going to be enforced, you know, because the question is, or like the way that I think a lot of your lay people on the street imagine this issue is that they, they think of sort of legalization as being synonymous with some sort of like across the board amnesty slash anarchy, like the idea that like everyone's just going to be able to smoke pot wherever they want in any context, they're going to be able to sell it in whatever context they want. You know, quite similar to what the status quo is in Vancouver, quite yeah. frankly. But in theory, and the reason why Trudeau is sort of making these noises when he rolls out this legalization, is that in theory, now that we have this robust legal regime, well, the laws are actually going to be enforced very strictly. and In fact, there's still going to be sort of large-scale... Uh, prosecutions, I should say, of people that break the various marijuana laws, this huge new bill that we just have passed. And my question is, like, is that actually going to happen? Is Justin Trudeau, and is for that matter, you know, the federal government and local law enforcement and all of our provincial governments, are they going to exert the kind of capital that is required to actually mobilize resources and enforce the laws of this legalization regime or are we going to do what we're already doing right now and just kind of take a step back and and turn a blind eye and sort of let the status quo continue unabated which would actually lead to the very problems that you were uh, alluding to before in terms of you know children having access to it you know the rates continuing to be high more and more people continuing to smoke marijuana more and more people continuing to make money from the selling of marijuana
1: well, I mean, I would. my first guess would be that it's going to be a mess because while they've dumped this on the provinces to deal with, um, you know, I'll take Ontario. We, we just changed governments and it is likely that Doug Ford will not go the uh, public sector route. So he, he had kind of hinted during the election that he might look at the private market. But again, it's in a total anyone's guess kind of territory. We've spoken with municipalities uh, and I've even spoken with um, uh, local uh, native chiefs who have said on the reserve system they are not ready for this. They don't know what to do. They're not sure how they're supposed to roll this out. They haven't been given any information and instructions. And as you know, they've they've dumped the costs of policing this on municipalities. And they're like, well, where are we getting this money from? So there's more questions than there are answers to what essentially is an enormous, um, you know, new sin we're going to be experimenting with.
0: Yeah. And so my my suspicion, again, is just that nothing is going to change, is that the status quo which is supposedly so problematic that we needed this new legislation to deal with it, is basically gonna continue unabated. You know, because as it stands now, I mean, like, let's be clear, it's like most of the big cities in this country there, you know, the local uh, governments have, as is the case here in Vancouver, have explicitly made instruction to law enforcement to not enforce marijuana laws because they don't consider it a valid use of resources. Right. You know, I'm sure it's the same case in Toronto. Is you have tons of illegal dispensaries opening in broad daylight. Oh, we've got tons. Know, they're not in yeah. compliance. You know, <laughs> it's the same thing in Vancouver. So my question is like is that going to change like are we actually going to use the resources to actually crack down on these things now that there is actually like a framework of legality that they have to operate within or Is is the sort of the excuses that you articulated, are those now just going to be the new excuses to not enforce the laws? So, for instance, we're not enforcing the current laws now, you know, the the prohibitions, because, you know, the the local governments and the local law enforcement consider them basically illegitimate and immoral. You know, that's the current excuse. Is the new excuse going to be, well, we're not going to enforce the laws because they're too complicated and we don't have the resources and we're not adequately prepared? You know, perhaps that's a valid argument to be making. But, you know, the end result will be basically no noticeable change from what we already have now, which, again, Trudeau has said is problematic and Trudeau has said is what we're supposedly going to change. So that's that's just what I keep coming back
1: to. Yeah, but you're all, well, I do think we're going to see a big difference because, I mean, already in the last uh, year, I mean, it, wherever you walk, even when you're driving, you can smell it. I'll, it's a lot yes. more prevalent everywhere you go. Um, and so what I think you're going to see in the next four months, because they said it would be July 1st, now it's October 17th, but there's going to be this this vacuum, you know, of people who want to do it, want to try it, they'll just turn to the black market. And on the black market you can buy it cheaper no yeah. one smoking pot now buying it on the black market is all of a sudden going to go to one of these government-run stores frankly they're going to go to their supplier who they trust and they like and they get it cheaper
0: yes absolutely and or they'll just go to these uh you know these dispensaries that will probably continue to open, yeah. operate in you know just dis- brazen disregard for whatever the laws say no i think that's a i think that's a very good point because i think that's the other sort of big misconception that a lot of folks have which is the idea of, like, well, once it's legal, you know, the government will tax it and it will exist in this, like, legalized framework, and, you know, the government will make so much money from it and will be able to fund all sorts of exciting new government initiatives. Well, I mean, that's not necessarily going to be the case at all for a number of reasons, one of which, as you just said, is that if the government, if the official marijuana, you know, sold by the, the official state-run pot shops or whatever, if they're charging too much, people are just not going to buy it. I mean, you already see this with uh, contraband cigarettes, which continue yeah. to be an enormous, uh, you know, enormous market in in Ontario and other provinces as well. People are, it is very difficult to get people to sort of change their their spending habits on a good that they're used to getting for very cheap in a very ultra competitive black market. It's very difficult for people to just swallow that and then suddenly say, well, no, actually, I feel like paying more for what I'm sure will be an inferior product in their mind as well because it will be regulated up the wazoo in all sorts of other ways. I mean, it's, it's it, yeah, the, the whole situation is, is, really quite, uh, is really quite absurd. And I think a lot of people have really been sold a phony bill of goods as far as this goes, in the sense of, like, how they think it's going to evoke massive change and also yield massive government revenue. I mean, the other thing that's important to keep in mind, too, is that even in the best-case scenario, the money that the government will raise from uh, selling pot will just be uh, recirculated back into the enforcement of enforcing the pot laws for instance like government does not generally make a profit on legal alcohol because yeah. as we know there's the enforcement of all of the social ills that legal alcohol causes and you know, uh, just all of the rest of the sort of enforcement that goes along with upholding liquor laws—it's not a net profit. All of these things are balanced out by the cost of enforcing the laws, in addition to the revenue you gain from the legal product itself.
1: Yeah, yeah, you, you raise some interesting points. Um, but yeah, i, I think it's going to be—I uh, think it's going to be a hell of a thing to watch unfold. But it has been very good to some. I mean, we've got so many ex-cops now who are shareholders. They're—they're they're all making out like, uh, you know, they're making a good retirement. Yeah. and, and 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 those who corner the market are friends of politicians that put together uh, the policies so it has very much worked out for some certainly not all and then there's the question of if you have had any kind of pot charge you know what happens to that guy or gal
0: yeah yeah and it's 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 not just the politically connected it's often the politicians themselves as well like you know the former premier Of of British Columbia out here, uh, Michael Harcourt, like he's involved in in the pot uh, companies. We saw this in the states as well with you know former Speaker of the House John Boehner. I mean, these politicians are are very canny, and I think that this, but this gets into a problem as well is that the legal marijuana industry is already like a billion. Well, I mean, I suppose the contraband marijuana industry is already a billion dollar industry in this country, and it's only going to continue to make more and more money. And people really sort of have to grapple with whether or not and this was a subject that I wrote about in a recent column I wrote for National Review, whether or not we're just going to go through the cycle of of, uh, big tobacco all over again, you know, whether or not soon we're going to have to worry about our children being victimized by a kind of like big, predatory, slick industry, you know, with slick advertisements pushing a useless product on, you know, susceptible people through all of this kind of, you know, BS marketing about how smoking makes you cool and makes you sexy and, you know, people will like you and you're independent if you're smoking and you're like all of this kind of stuff like we're going to have to go through all of this over again and again what's going to inevitably happen is that government is going to feel guilty about legalizing this product and so they're going to proceed to spend a ton of money on you know advertising campaigns and don't do pods even though we just legalized and all this kind of thing so it's like it's like the snake that's eating its own tail it just it's such a disaster of, of common sense and of public policy logic and it unfortunately was only able to hammer through because, you know, people like Trudeau continue to push this myth that we have been like rounding up pot smokers across the country, you know, throwing people in prison for having uh, a toke and whatnot. I mean, that's just not, not an accurate <laughs> statement of the reality. So now we have overcorrected for a, for a supposed ill that was barely even happening to begin with.
1: Yeah, but they got a promise uh, fulfilled, so they'll take that. Uh, JJ, thank you so much.
0: Thanks for having
1: me. We'll have you again. That is JJ McCulley. You can read him. Uh, you can read him all over the place. He writes for the National Review, National Post, Washington uh, Post, and of course you can catch him online. But we'll have him on again. Uh, the other thing that we're going to be dealing with, especially in Ontario, is you know we're only you're only allowed to smoke it in your apartment or not even in your apartment, but in your home, so you can hotbox your kids. But you can't smoke it anywhere else. Well, what if you live in an apartment and they don't let smoking? Or what if, you know, what if you have where you have nowhere to smoke it? Are you going to go on the patio? No, because if you're a family with your kids, the, you want them ingesting the secondhand smoke of the, the guy smoking a joint? No. Unlike drinking, you do get high off of secondhand smoke. All sorts of little wrinkles that uh, clearly are going to have to be dealt with. On this Wednesday, I'm Alex Pearson, and this is On Point here on Global News Radio.